Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. My dad used to sell fireworks as a kid, and um, he was like the regional manager of the Food Lion tents. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Y'all got those tents up here? Outside the Piggly Wiggly and the Walmart, there's these little tents. They start popping up now right before 4th of July, right before New Year's Eve. My dad managed all the tents. So he was, you know, he's a youth pastor, so he didn't get paid nothing. So he had to have a real job. And so he was a fireworks manager. And he would take me with him. He was like, you know, the state manager. And I was like quality control as a, at eight years old. So I'd walk into a tent and if somebody had like poked their hole through the plastic covering on the, you know, fireworks package and stolen a few of them, but left the rest, we got to keep those. Or maybe they got damaged in shipping, you know, that they fell out the truck and they weren't, they weren't able to be sold. All the fireworks that were still usable, but not able to be sold, we got to keep those. So as you can imagine, leading up to 4th of July, with every stop at every tent, at every Piggly Wiggly, Walgreens, Walmart, Food Lion, every single kiosk, every single tent, as you can imagine, our house was the house. We were very free. 4th of July, 5th of July, 6th of July, Memorial Day, Juneteenth, Christmas, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And what would happen is we would fill our garage with all of the fireworks that couldn't be sold but were still usable. So I would call my friends over in the neighborhood back when kids played outside. And we'd open up my garage and they would ooh and ah, like the Shekinah glory coming out of the garage, like, oh! And they would say, they would say, where did you get all of these fireworks? And I would just kind of shrug my shoulders. They would say, wow, you have so many fireworks. How'd you get all these fireworks? And I would just kind of be like, just got them. Because what was <laughs> normal to me was novel to them. And I lost sight of something that other people from the outside deemed extremely valuable. And to dishonor is not to belittle or to degrade. To dishonor is to simply treat that which is uncommon as though it is common. And what had happened to me as a child is I had gotten used to the fireworks. And sometimes you need a neighbor from North Carolina to come to your garage and to remind you how special this atmosphere is, how what you have here is not normal. Don't just shrug your shoulders and say, oh, my dad just sells fireworks. 
To dishonor is to treat that which is uncommon as common, and this place has an uncommon grace on it. And when I, when I walk into a room like this, under leadership like yours, I just wanna remind every single person that sits under the biblical teaching that you provide and the atmospheres that you create and the team that you lead and the dream that you have, this is not normal. Can we honor your pastors? Can we honor them? Come on, our dad sells fireworks. Our dad sells fireworks, man. This ain't, this ain't, this is not normal. It's an uncommon, it's an uncommon grace that deserves uncommon honor. And as we've lost honor as a culture, I've come to bring it back and to say, God has positioned you in this city and granted you with a grace to fight every battle you are facing. And this is a group that's behind you, heart and soul. We're behind you, heart and soul. You know, this doesn't happen on accident and you, we've you know, stood up and s sat down like 12 million times today. So I'm gonna give you a chance to rest your legs, but I just wanna say thank you for the opportunity. I'm fully aware what session I have and what time of day it is. So they've already ate lunch and they're tired. And now that at this time of the day, they start thinking about, we have to do this across locations tomorrow. So I'm asking for your attention just for just like a little bit. And I'm gonna do my very best to impart as much as I can. And it's just an honor to be here at the Block Church. You did sow the very first seed that our church ever received. It was a $10 bill. I still have it in my nightstand to this day, 10 years later. And I'm very, very grateful. Aren't you grateful to be at a great church? Come on. There are people that pray for churches like this their entire life. Did you know that? The church that you serve at, there are people that are praying for a church like this in their city their entire life. And so don't settle. Hit confirm on planning center every time you get the push notification. Don't leave them on, 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 on yellow. And don't decline on planning center. You guys use planning center? Okay, so making sure they're like, what's planning center, pastor? My name is Mike and um, I hail from North Carolina and uh, my wife Ashton and I moved uh, when we were 24 years old, before my frontal cortex was fully developed, we made a big life decision. <laughs> Three kids in diapers, we said, you know what would be a good idea? Pack up everything and move to North Carolina where we knew no one, where we had never lived. We just found a landlord that wouldn't do a credit check. Come on somebody. <laughs> hey. She's like, first and last. I'm like, no, no security. She's like, no security. I'm like, yes. Gave her all the money we had, packed up everything we owned. And uh, I got a job at the local Panera Bread busing tables. I think they have a picture of me busing tables at Panera Bread. I don't know if they have it or not. But I, I, I started busing tables at the local Panera Bread. And um, money was so tight that <laughs> money was so tight in those days that I would ask my manager to not throw away the leftover bagels into the dumpster, I would say, would you mind just placing them next to the dumpster so that I don't have to jump into the dumpster? 
And I would, what I would do is I'd clock out and I would take the, the, the trash bag full of bagels and I would walk home because we only had one car and that's all we ate, it was bagels. So I don't go into any more Panera breads. And uh, we had pizza boats, we had breakfast bagels, we had lunch bagels, we had sandwiches, we had every kind of bagel you can think about. And we had to get creative in those. How many of you know you get creative when you're broke, you know? It's like, can I have a peanut butter and beanie weenie sandwich? What goes good with ramen, this ice cream? You know, it's like, when you're broke, you just go to the pantry and you figure that out. What I did was I started inviting people to our church and at the time it was just a little Bible study in our house. And so I was just looking for people praying over their food. I'd be like, hey, you look spiritual. You prayed over that broccoli cheddar soup, you know, come to my house. <laughs> it's like, that's not weird at all. So there were seven people in our living room. We started and now to God be the glory, uh, 10 years later and many mistakes and many miracles later, uh, we're now multi-site, much like the block church and to God be the glory. We were gifted 60 acres of land, 70,000 square feet. And, um, and I'm just standing with you and believing for a miracle story for your, your headquarters and for your church to have a building. And uh, I'm just really believing for that, standing with you and, I'll return that $10 seat, okay? Into the building campaign. Maybe I'll add a zero or two. So I love you so much. Or three, okay, okay. Maybe I'll just double it. Speaking of, of, of doubling, let's, I wanna talk to you t today in just a few moments about a double portion. How many of you want double of what God has already given you? I don't know about you, but I want double of the good stuff. I want double of all the things that God is so good at giving. I want double the blessing. Come on, somebody. I want, I want, I want, I want double the prosperity that the Lord has blessed. I want double the health, right? You gotta be careful though, because you don't want double of some things. It's like, I don't want double the taxes. Come on, somebody. I don't want to double the toll road, you know? Tolls are getting out of hand, you know? Tips are getting out of hand, you know? The other day, the lady brought me just like a, a water bottle. Like she reached back and put a water bottle on the counter and then asked me if I wanted a tip on the water bottle. Like, That's getting out of hand. I want double that, you know? But what you do want is you do want a double portion of what God has for you. And I'm believing that over the next few moments, we're gonna take a journey to what is required to get to the double portion anointing. And I know in a room this size, there are people who sacrifice week in and week out on the worship team, on the ups team, on the creative team, on all the teams. And, and through your service, through your sacrifice, God's going to give you a double portion. God's gonna increase the capacity that you can minister with. God's gonna double that which you currently have so that you can take what he puts in you and on you to the streets of Philadelphia and beyond. I'm believing, for, how many of you want a double portion? You want a double portion. So we have to look at where the origins of double portion is found and that is in 2 Kings, the second chapter. I'm gonna do my very best to end on time. I, I promise you that. Um, I can't guarantee it, but maybe the sermon will be double the length. This is Elijah and Elisha and um, a double portion of power 
is coming down from heaven. Let me just get into the text. Second uh, Kings chapter two, and uh, let's 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 go there. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven, he is the senior prophet in a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha, the junior prophet, were traveling from. Everyone say Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. Bethel. So we got Gilgal, we got Bethel. But Elijah replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. He's saying, I'm serving the man of God who has been placed over my life. As surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. And a group of prophets from Bethel came to Elijah and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? So now they're trying to taunt the junior prophet saying your pastor, your leader, your prophet is about to die. And of course I know, Elijah answered, but be quiet about it. Anyone that speaks illy of your leaders, you are responsible for protecting and guarding the culture of this house. I'm, I'm talking to people here today who, who are leaders in the room and who are responsible, who are culture carriers and who are leader protectors. And the junior prophet, when he heard them talking smack about the senior prophet said, nah, be quiet about it. It is not their place to speak illy of church leadership. When you are seated and submitted in a house like this, you, my friends, all 500 plus of you are called to protect your pastor and to protect your leader. And they'll never ask you for that. So sometimes a neighbor needs to come from the outside and let you know, we don't allow anyone to speak illy of the leadership of our house. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. Everybody say Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives, you yourself live. I will never leave you. See, some church folk, you're like, please leave, leave the church, go somewhere else. And you're like, no, I'm never gonna leave. I'm with you forever, pastor. You know, it's like, ah. So they went together to Jericho. And then a group of prophets in Jericho came to Elijah. Did you know that the Lord is gonna take your master away from you today? Of course I know, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. Everybody say Jordan River. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. 50 men from the group of prophets also went from a distance. See, haters will always be at a distance. They'll never serve up close. And anyone in your life will always be whispering, will always be yelling at a distance, but God will always speak close. As Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River, then Elijah folded his cloak together and he struck the water with it and the river divided and the two of them went across on dry ground. I'm almost done. When they came to the other side, Elijah and Elisha, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, <laughs> tell me what I can do for you. And he replied, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. Mm. <laughs> a double share of your spirit. 
if there's anything that I want is a double portion of the spirit of God. See, it's not about what you do. It's about the spirit that you carry. It's not about the job you do, the buttons you press or the people you greet or the park or the cars you park. It's about the spirit that you carry. Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. And then verse 10, he says, you have asked a difficult thing. Elijah replied, if you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. Father, bless your word in the next few moments we share together. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains the same. We love you and we submit to it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Whenever I go to a new restaurant, I tend to do one thing. And we went last night. Can I tell them where we went last night? Where was that place that up in the sky? What was it called? JG? Uh, we went to JG last night up in the sky. We were like up in heaven. And uh, what I do when I go to a new restaurant is I just look at the plates as I come in because I can't read the fancy French words on the menu. I just, so I'll, I'll try to find something that looks like I would like. And then I'll, I'll just reach, I'll say, hey, what, what is that? They were like, oh, it's the au jus, la, la, la. It's like, Ugh. It's like, all right. And then when the server comes to take, when the server comes, I, I, just, I just say, hey, I'll have what they're having. <laughs> when you find a church like this, with leaders like this, in a culture like this, you just walk around and say, I'll have what they're having. Not only will I have what they're having, I'll have it double. Give me twice the spirit that lives here. Give me double the trouble <laughs> of the anointing of the spirit of God that rests in this house. Like, I don't wanna go home with what you're doing at the block church. I wanna go home with double of what you got at the block church. Like when I walk in here, I'm like, give me double, double that, give me double that, give me double that. I don't just want a single portion anointing, but I want a double portion anointing. I don't know about you, but I don't want just what God has for me. I want all that God has for me and more. Can somebody say, say amen. So we have to understand that there is a pilgrimage that takes place. Did you realize how many different places that they went on the last day of his life? So I'd like to take you on the pilgrimage to a double portion, the pilgrimage to a double portion. The first place that you have to go is you have to come back to Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven, then whirlwind, Elijah and Elijah, they were traveling from Gilgal. Now Gilgal is first mentioned when the children of Israel had been set free. They crossed the Red Sea and they were on their way to Canaan, but because of their unbelief, they wandered around for 40 years. But when they arrive to the promised land, they set up their headquarters in Gilgal. In order to receive a double portion, you have to first go through Gilgal. Gilgal, my friends, is a place of refreshing. It's a place of refreshing. What you need today, the reason team conference exists is because sometimes we run on empty. 
But in order to inherit a double portion, you gotta go through Gilgal. <laughs> you need a, a, a season of refreshing. You need the land that is flowing with milk and honey. In order to receive a double portion, you gotta go through Gilgal. Some of you came in here weary. Some of you came in here, here, here just angry and upset. God, why is this? Why is that? And I wanna let you know that your Gilgal season is on the way. Can somebody say amen? You need a season of refreshing. In order to get to a double portion, you got to go through Gilgal. Gilgal was a place of refreshing. As a matter of fact, Joshua 5, 9, it says, then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day. See, the issue was they got out of Egypt, but they needed to get the Egypt out of them. The shame of their slavery stayed with them even though the legal slavery had been broken. Some of you are still living in an Egyptian mindset, although you are trying and asking God to bring you to Gilgal. And I wanna let you know, no longer will shame have a hold on you. You are going to a place and a season of refreshing. You no longer will have shame on you, but instead shame off of you in Jesus' name. In order to inherit a double portion, you have to go through Gilgal. You have to go through Gilgal. The day that shame was declared gone in Jesus' name. Shame off of every single one of you in Jesus' name. Shame off of the childhood trauma that you came in here with. Shame off of the secret sin that you came in here with. Shame off of you and a season of refreshing is coming to this house in Jesus' name. I prophesy right now to every place that feels weary and dry and dead, I say in Jesus' name, you are entering into Gilgal, a place of refreshing right now. The, the Egyptian slavery mindset is broken. The, the, the back of lack is broken in Jesus' name. I declare that Gilgal, is right now and right here for you and your family. It's the pilgrimage to a double portion they had to go through Gilgal. They had to go through Gilgal. See, we gravitate towards our misery. We gravitate towards our slavery. We gravitate towards what we've always known. So we go back with a poverty mentality. We go back with the mentality of lack. If we could only go back to Egypt. No, 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 no. We're going to the promised land. And in order to inherit a double portion, you must go through Gilgal. Mm. Mm. I feel that. You feel that? I just feel that. I feel that Gilgal's on the way. Where's the next place they go to? Where's the next place they go? They go, they go to Bethel. 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 It says, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elijah replied, as surely as the Lord lives, you yourself live. I will never leave you. So they went down to Bethel together. If you go to Genesis 12, 8, where is Bethel? Where is Bethel? What is, what's so good about Bethel? Genesis 12, 8. After that, Abram, Abram traveled south to set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There, he built an altar and dedicated to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. See, in Bethel is a place of encounter. Bethel is a place of encounter. It's where you encounter the presence of God. Mm. <laughs> you need a season of refreshing and then you need a season of encounter. <laughs> you wanna get to a double portion? You gotta get to your prayer closet. 
You got to get, you want to get to a double portion? You got to get to a God encounter. And the voice of God has to speak to you again. And he has to become real to you again. In order to get to the double portion, you have to go through Bethel and you have to go through Gilgal. See, Bethel was a place of encounter. See, you, 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 you have to, I have this spot at my church and um, my prayer is the spot at where I stand and pray that the carpet would be worn out in that spot. I, I go into service every Sunday and I go into study on Saturday nights, probably tonight when I get home, I'll probably go to that same spot and I stand on the same spot. And when my legs get tired, I sit on the same subwoofer and I want an indention on that subwoofer and I want an indention in the carpet where I've had a, a Bethel encounter with God. So before I ever preach to you, I've preached to God. See, in the ancient world, the priest wouldn't face the people. The priest would face the presence. <laughs> See, pastors have been platforming themselves and facing the wrong way. We have to turn around to a place of encounter. And when you get to a secret place, when you as a leader, no matter what your role is, no matter what your job is, when you get to a place of private encounter, then God can use you to do public ministry. If you haven't heard his voice in a long time, you need to get ready for a God encounter. Mm. We need Bethel moments. We need Bethel encounters. We gotta go to Gilgal, which is a place of refreshing. We gotta go back to Bethel, which is a place of encounter. Is there a place in your life where the carpet is worn out? Is there a place, is there a journal where the pages are full? Is there a highlighter that's running out of ink in the word of God for your life? You gotta go. You gotta go to Bethel. Where's the third place they go to? They go to Jericho. Yo, anybody grew up in church? I grew up in church, y'all. Like in church. I was in church nine months before I was born. I've taken more naps under more pews. My parents talk in the lobby for four hours after service. I got hungry, I just ate the body of Jesus that was left over. And thank God it was Welch's grape juice because I washed it down with his blood. On I thought the baptismal was our pool. No joke. I thought our baptistry was our pool. And so I'd bring my bathing suit on baptism Sunday and after church, while mom and dad were talking for hours and then deciding to go to Chili's for lunch, I would just swim in the baptism. I grew up in church. I go, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. You know that song? Zacchaeus. I mean, you, I got, I, dude, greatest hits album. Salty, the singing song book. I know, I, y'all don't know nothing. Y'all aren't saved, okay? Y'all aren't saved. I'm saved, Okay. Salty, the singing songbook, Winnie the World. You know nothing about that. Jericho is found in 2 Kings 2.4 where he says, I have to go for the Lord has called me to Jericho. Jericho is a place of repentance. Joshua 7.1, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. I'm preaching now. A man named Achan had stolen some of the dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry, angry with the Israelites. Achan had witnessed the walls of Jericho fall down. <laughs> he had climbed over the rubble 
of a miracle. And on his way, climbing over the rubble of watching God bring walls down, he starts lining his pockets in secret sin. Many of you have witnessed God's hand on this church and on your life, yet you are lining your pockets with secret sin. And the Lord would say, repent. We have Achan who literally witnessed the walls of Jericho fall through the mighty power of God. And while he's climbing over the rubble of the wall, he's lining his pockets and stealing what belonged to the Lord. Many of you are worshiping with hands that you're sinning with on Friday. Many of you are serving with feet that you're going to places during the week that you have no business being in. And the Lord has sent me that you cannot pray for a double portion unless you go through Jericho and repent in Jesus' name. Too many people asking God for the double portion, yet they won't stop lining their pockets when secret sin. You must understand that in order to get to a double portion, you're going to have to go through Jericho and you're gonna to have to repent for some of the things in your life that nobody else even knows about. I know that's not a popular message. You'll probably take some off the honorarium check for that, but if we don't have repentance, we don't have revival. You need to repent if you are living in sin. I don't know what that sin is and I'm not here to list them out because there are many, but you need to not walk over the rubble of a miracle while lining your pockets with stuff that doesn't belong to you. You gotta come back to Jericho. You're dragging something from Jericho and it can't go with you to the Jordan. Some of you are lining your pockets with sin and you've witnessed the hand of God. You've been reminded that he is more than able. I wanna encourage you, do not let, do not let secret sin dominate your life. The block church is blessed. It's not cursed, it's blessed. So don't witness the miracle and continue in your sin. Find yourself a holy encounter of repentance before the Lord. Find yourself a block group and repent. Find yourself a leader and repent. We have too many ministries and too many tragedies and too many marriages and too many scandals and too many TMZ-like drama in the church. We can't keep lining our pockets while we've actually walked over the walls of Jericho. If we've seen the hand of God, then we need to repent. This is a miracle. What we've experienced today is a move of God. So let us come before the throne room of God with pure hands and pure hearts and clean eyes and repent. I know repentance isn't very popular, but it's necessary if you want a double portion. Then you gotta go to the Jordan. The Jordan. Again, he says, stay here. The Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. Elisha replied, I'm going with you. As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. And you gotta know that Jordan 
is a place of separation. It's a, it's a place where I can't go where you're going because where I'm going is to the land of double portion. There are places that I can't go because I, I'm going somewhere else. In Genesis 13, 11, Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. And he went there with his flocks and servants. And look at the, I love these two words. And he what? Parted company with his uncle Abram. Some of you need to part company with some people in your life because they are limiting the double portion over your life. Your, your circle of influence, your favorites list, your, your, your DMs are full of people whose company you need to part with because Jordan is a place of separation. See, the oil can't be where the water is at. <laughs> he wraps his cloak in his hand, he strikes the water and the water separates. It is a place of separation. I can't go to the places that you go to and minister like God has called me to minister. I can't partake in the activities that you partake in and still expect a double portion anointing on my life. I can't do the things that you guys do and expect my marriage to be different than your marriage. It is a season of separation that will bring about the double portion in your life. You gotta go through Gilgal, you got to go through Bethel, you got to go through Jericho, and you have to go through a season where you say, I can't go out tonight. Sorry. I just can't go to that party. I just can't partake in those activities. Not because, not because you can't do it, not even because it might not be even overtly sinful, but my life requires a life of separation. So no, I can't use that app. No, I can't go to those places. No, I can't do those things. Why? Because I know that if I step into that, I will be stepping out of the call of God on my life. You have to be in the world, but not of the world. Come on, it's, it's very easy these days in a big city like this to kind of just blend in and go with the crowd and whatever the majority says, we do it. But let me encourage you today with the countercultural anointing to receive the double portion. You're gonna to have to go through a season of separation where you look at other people and you're like, man, they're doing what I used to do, but God's called me somewhere else. God's called me to push back on those things and I gotta go somewhere different because if I go the same way, I'll get the same results. Separate yourself from the curse your father put on you of alcoholism in Jesus' name. Separate yourself from the curse of divorce that exists on your life in Jesus' name. Separate yourself over the spirit of fatherlessness that exists in this country. Separate yourself from every, from every demon and every demonic activity that exists in your past. A season of separation is required to receive the double portion. I can't do what you do. I can't go where you go. My calling's too great. The anointing's too strong. Too much is at stake. Too many people dying and going to hell for me to remain lockstep with the world. It might sacrifice my popularity, but I'm going for the double portion. The world can't give you a double portion. Your friends can't give you a double portion. No one can anoint you but the Spirit of God. And so you have to go where the Spirit of God is. I'm running out of time today, but I want to encourage you. You need to get into a place of refreshing, which is this right here. You need to get a place in Bethel, which, which is a place. What was Bethel? Remind me what it was. Do you remember what it was? I don't remember. Put it up on the screen. What was Bethel? A place of what? Place of encounter, like I said, like I remembered. You need to get yourself to a place of Jericho, which is a place of repentance. 
And then you need to get yourself to a place of separation. <laughs> what would happen if the UPS team showed up with a double portion anointing? What would happen if the production team showed up with a double portion anointing? What would happen in Block Kids if we didn't just serve and check in, but instead we started ministering to the families that were bringing their children. We started ministering to those single moms. We started ministering to those single parents. What would happen on the hospitality team if we had a, a spirit about us? It wasn't just what we did, it's the spirit that we carry. It's the spirit that you carry. It's the spirit that you carry. Um, have you ever seen someone at a distance you thought, I know them, but I don't know if I know them? You ever had that? And you're like, if I approach this person and I'm wrong, I'm gonna look like a fool. You know, I'm in the airport and I see this guy and I'm like, I think I know that guy. He used to go to our church. And uh, yeah, the band can come and play. I'm, I'm finishing up. <laughs> it's just a joke. <laughs> it's perfect, perfect timing. Make me sound more spiritual than I really am. I'm like, I think I know that guy. I think he used to go to our church, but I don't know. And I don't wanna be, like, it would be weird if I went to him and said, hey, aren't you? And he's like, what are you talking about? And so I wrestled with, should I approach this guy or not? And I knew he hadn't been to our church in many years. And so I, I let it go and I get on the plane and he was in first class. And if you, have you ever flown before? It's like the peasants go second, okay? <laughs> we go second, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm walking and, and when you walk down the plane, all the first class people watch you and your poverty to find your seat at 26D, you know, right by the toilet, you know, next to the crying baby and the emotional support parrot that doesn't stop talking, you know, all day long. And so I'm walking down the aisle of the plane, poor and, you know, and I see him and I, his head is down, he's in his phone, like we all are. And, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's gotta be him. I got a closer look, I'm like, that's gotta be him. And so I go to my seat, get to back to the seat. And I'm like, okay, he's on his phone. And I go to check my phone to see if I still had his number in my phone. And so I'm gonna shoot my shot. I'm like, okay, found his name. I had his, I didn't even have his last name, but I had his first name. And <laughs> like, the, like the guy you have in your favorites, right? You told me you met a long, long time ago. So. Uh, I'm, in my, I'm, in, I'm on the plane, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna type this, and if I, I'm gonna shoot my shot with this guy. <laughs> I was like, hey, Sheldon, this is Mike Santiago from Focus Church. Would you just so happen to be on a flight from Fort Lauderdale to North Carolina today? And I hit send. And then the bubbles popped up, you know, it was blue, because you know Christians are iPhone users and things like that. So, don't be giving me no green text message. The devil is a liar. That's just a joke. All the, all the Android users, they're gone. They don't have no signal in this building anyway, so it doesn't matter. That's just a, I'm just being funny. So the gray bubbles start to show up. So the text message went through and he's typing back, you know? I'm sweating. And he's like, Hey, pastor, I sure am. And he said, how, you know, how about we meet up when we land home in Raleigh? He said, I'll wait for you because he's rich, remember? They get, off, they get on first, they get off first. I'm gonna be in 27D, right? And um, so sure enough, flight, get off the flight, 
20 minutes after he's off the plane, I finally get my chance to get off the plane. And we have small talk, how's everything going? Good, I work for a different company now, blah, blah, blah. I mean, all the things that you do. And how are the kids? Kids are great, how are your kids? Kids are great, everybody's growing up, graduating, do all the things and sports and whatever. And right before, right before I go to kind of part ways, he's probably gonna go to some private garage that they have at the airport for rich people. And I'm gonna go up to seventh floor, find my little 2004, 300,000 miles on it. And he goes, hey, he goes, does Margaret Way still go to church? And I said, yeah, she does. And he's like, her spirit blesses me. If you don't know who Margaret is, Margaret's just a greeter at the door. This man had left our church five years prior, yet he remembered the spirit of a greeter used her first and last name and asked if she still went to the church. See, he couldn't name a single sermon that I had preached. <laughs> couldn't, remem couldn't remember a single sermon series. Wasn't wearing a single merch drop. <laughs> Didn't follow me on Instagram. Wasn't my friend on Facebook. He remembered the spirit that Margaret carried. So tomorrow when you show up at the Block Church at all of our locations, carry with you a spirit that gets you through Bethel, that gets you through Gilgal, that gets you through Jericho, and that gets you through the Jordan so that you can receive the double portion anointing. Come on, would you stand to your feet right now and just ask God for a double portion? Jesus' name. I want to I I end with this. Every, stand to your feet. I got, I got just some math really quickly because we got to do double portion, right? Elijah, Elisha. Okay, so Elijah, I think they have it on, the, it's like a massive list. Do we have that or no? It's like chaotic. I don't know if we have it or not. We might not have it. I have it here because I don't use an iPad to preach in case my mom FaceTimes me on the iPad. I just decided like, Mom calls me at the most worst time. So this is a list of all the miracles that Elijah did, and it's 14, okay? Can anybody tell me what 14 times two is? Because we're going for the double portion. 28, okay, okay, 28, okay. So Elisha should perform how many miracles? 28, because he's getting the double portion. Now, at the end of his life, I have a list, but there's only 27 miracles on it. One shy. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine getting to the end of your life and you've been keeping score because you're a double portion man. You're, you're Elijah, you're the guy of double portion, right? You remember this? He's a double portion guy. And he's like, all right, I only need one more miracle. And the 14 becomes 28. <laughs> and then he dies at 27, 27 miracles. One shy of the double portion, one shy. Now watch what happens. Second Kings 13, 21, who I came to preach today. Once, no, no, put it out there. Once when some of the Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. 
So they hastily, watch this, he has 27 miracles to his name and he dies. So they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and they fled. But as soon as the body, I feel the, as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, I feel the Lord in this place. The dead man was revived and jumped to his feet. I don't know what you think God is finished with yet, but I want to let you know even the bones, even the bones of Elijah carried the spirit of the double portion with them. I came to declare to every dead marriage, every dead relationship, you can see the resurrection power of Jesus. Would you lift your hands all across this room? Double portion right now in Jesus' name. A double portion right now over every single, every single volunteer. A double portion of anointing right now in Jesus' name. A double portion in Jesus' name. A double portion. A double portion over your finances. A double portion over your employment. A double portion over your marriage right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The bones of Elisha had the resurrection power. And I pray that if there's anything in our lives that seems dead, that you would revive it right now. Let's sing together. In a, in a response of worship as we receive a double portion. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.